Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. We start a new book. That's good news. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. This is fascinating because I don't know if you've ever noticed this before. I, I think I had. It, it's very familiar, but maybe I forgot, but it stands out to me again this time, is that this letter is from Paul and Timothy. Okay? Slaves of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi. Who belong well, who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. So Philippi, to my understanding, is in modern-day Greece. In 2016, it was hailed as a UNESCO site, World Heritage Site. So um, the, the ruins are beautiful. I've just looked at some pictures of it. But it's near the modern city of Philippi. It's spelled different. I don't know if you even pronounce it the same. A modern Greek city, but that those ruins are still there, and and it's hailed as such a great world heritage site because it was kind of modeled after Rome, so very very beautiful. And this letter is to the folks in Philippi. They're God's holy people. What does holy mean? Let's go back to that. God's holy people. Yes, holy holy is set apart, different. You're called to be different. It's hard to call yourself a believer if you're living exactly like the world. You ever met somebody like that? Or maybe you've struggled through and God's delivered you from that. But I remember being convicted about that as a young man going, am I different from the world? Am I different? Are we standing out as true lights? Okay? Because there are those that say, well, I believe in Jesus, but you can't tell the difference between them and the world. Holy means set apart. That's the same word. Well, this is in Greek. The New Testament's in Greek. But the word holy is the word, that's the modern equivalent of the word even that the Hebrews used about God. Okay? And I believe it's kadosh in, in Hebrew. And it's different. I think it's, in, in Greek, it's hagios. So that word is translated as holy in modern English, and it means different set apart. Scripture also says we're a peculiar people. You're odd to people. They go, what do you mean you don't live like us? What do you mean you don't talk like us? What do you mean you're not going to do everything just like us? Why, why, why are you different? Because I have Jesus living in me. So you've been set apart to be different. Holy, all right? Holy. Called by God, all right? God's holy people in Philippi who belong, let's keep going to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons, all right? Verse 2, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Two very, very, very important things, grace and peace. Grace is empowerment to live right. It's God's undeserved favor as well. Okay, so you have God's power to live right. Peace, everybody wants that. They're looking for it. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. That's a good thing. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. <laughs> he doesn't pray for them as a burden. Can I can I share something with you? If you if someone is irritating you, why'd y'all laugh? If somebody's irritating you, try this. 
even if, it's, even if your motives aren't completely right. Try praying for them. It'll straighten out your attitude. Really, it's hard to stay upset with someone if you really start giving heartfelt prayers to God for them. It's true. I've tried it. And I've done it, maybe with wrong motivation, going, Lord, I need an attitude change. I don't even really want to pray for him, but I'm going to start off praying for him. Lord, bless him. You know, bless this crazy person that's irritating me or made me mad. Or, you know what? I'm telling you, it's very, very scriptural. Bless those even that persecute you or use you talk bad about you bless and do not curse so he says whenever i pray i make my requests for all of you with joy it's hard to talk bad about somebody if you're praying for them you're gonna do one or the other for you have been my partners someone say partners partners in spreading the good news about christ from the time you first heard it until now so these folks accepted jesus and right off they became partners i love it that the apostle paul and timothy right they're saying man you become you became partners immediately as soon as you heard the good news, you started sharing your faith. And that's what you should do as believers. You say, man, it's been a while. I don't know if I've, I'm in my, true, my first love stage with the Lord. You need to get back to your first love stage. Start sharing your faith. It'll re-energize and excite you again for God. That's why we've been on this campaign about one, one, one. Man, pray for one. Talk to one. Invite one. Dad's been doing it too. It's just such a revelation. Je Jesus was always dealing with one, even in the midst of the crowds. Remember, we just finished that series on Sunday mornings. He was always dealing with one. Why? Because you're important. I'm important. And somebody else, the one, is important. So be a partner in spreading the good news about Christ. It's time to reactivate yourself. It is. Let's keep going. And I'm certain that God, oh, this is one of my favorite verses ever. I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus, what? returns let's go back to the beginning of that verse so everybody can see it i'm certain that god who began the good work within you will continue his work and we'll stay right here i'll just finish the rest of the verse will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when christ jesus returns he who began a good work in in you another translation says will complete it god's a finisher y'all know i like surveys how many of you are naturally strong Starters, raise your hand. Okay. All right, mom, you're probably a great starter and a finisher. I know you're pretty put together. You're squared away. You're pretty squared away. How many of you are great finishers? You're good finishers. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, mom, you're a good starter and good finisher. I naturally extroverts, man. Yeah, let's do it. Oh man, this ain't fun anymore. Extroverts, really outgoing people, want the fun way and the easy way. Like this got old. Oh, gosh, you know, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Well, let's get it done. I remember my dad growing up, he said, man, you better, you better finish this. Don't leave a half job. I've told on myself over the years, right, when I do dishes, leave one dish out. You guys remember that story? Was it yesterday and today? Did I leave any dishes out? I don't think so. I think I put them all, oh, I may have left some out drying. But I think it was yesterday or last night. Man, I did dishes and I couldn't find anything. I said, man, I've come a long way. Praise God, I'm almost 50 years of age and I'm finishing all the dishes. I don't know if that's a praise report. You need to feel sad for me or report me or turn me into a therapist. I don't know. Man, 
it got boring, I'm done, you know, whatever. I'm certain that God who began the good work within you, aren't you grateful that the one who began the good work within you, he will continue his work until it's finally finished. His work in you will be finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I'm glad God is a strong finisher. Strong finisher. Now, I will say this, though, about myself. I've always been a good finisher in sports. I never gave up, even if we were down by 20 or 30. Why? Because that's just in our DNA, I think, to play for the championship of the world, even if it's just 21, right? Especially my brother. I told you guys about that. Jonathan, man, he goes hard all the way to the end. I mean, down to injuries. I mean, <laughs> whatever it takes, diving for loose balls and stuff, right? But I want to be a strong finisher in every way possible. Not to be religious, not to be proud, not to say just so I could take all the glory. No, just because I believe God has called us to be finishers. Now, there are some things that aren't worth finishing. Maybe you shouldn't even been messing with that in the first place. You need to get away from it doesn't mean you've got to finish every single thing, especially if it's wrong or you're out of God's will. But you ask God for wisdom in those situations. I do believe we're called to be finishers as a whole because God is. And if you walk in God's will, you will finish what you start, and it'll be the right thing from start to finish. I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. We know God is a great starter because we read Genesis, and then you read Revelation, and we know he finishes all of it. Right? All right. Let's keep going. Let's go Philippians 1.7. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. This is very heartfelt, very compassionate, very loving coming from Paul. For you have a special place in my heart. You have people like that in your life? You say, man, they're just special to me. I remember, I remember years ago, and this is kind of stretching it a little bit. But I remember I met a guy, and he was a supervisor, one of the partner supervisors at a finance company I started working for. And he was telling us the story about somebody that worked for him. And he said, man, you know what? He said, that guy, I just like him. And he said, even if he does me wrong, I just like him. You ever met someone that you just they just have favor with you? Now, I know all of you aren't going to go, well, if they do me wrong, I'm not going to lie. But it was funny how he told me, he said, man, this guy, he... Even if he messes me around a little bit, I just like him. I just like him. I, basically, he had grace for him. You ever had, had somebody like that? You're like, man, I know they're a bonehead, but I just love them, man. And you give chances. I'm called to do that as a pastor. I can't just write people off. Now, you got to have boundaries. But, man, there's those that just have been hard on everybody else around me. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I, I, see, I see some good in them, you know. I see some good in them. I like this, what he says. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. And I know it's much easier for someone to have a special place in your heart if they're kind to you and they love you and, and you're on the same page. But there are those that God gives you a grace for, and you go, well, through it all, despite everything, I just love them. Praise God. And How many of you know we need that? We need it. <laughs> we need it. I'm sure some people love me, and I'm sure I come across as irritating to other people. But we all need grace and favor from somebody. You share with me the special favor of God. Someone say favor of God. That is such a powerful statement. You share with me the special favor of God, both in what? Both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. Let me hang out here just for a moment. Did you know more than your words people are looking at your life? 
And you're defending and confirming the truth of the good news just by how you live. Those basketball fans out there, I know Eric's going to remember this one, and, and you're a basketball fan. Do you remember A.C. Green? Played for the Lakers. The guy, man, he was not a womanizer. He waited to be married, to have sex. I think he was in his 40s. He was just a godly man. They used to make fun of him. Just a good, and he was a role player, basketball player. I, I have a confession to make. I always honored him because he was a Christian man, but I had a problem with him because he was on the Lakers, and I was a Celtics fan. But I always respected him. I could see his attitude on the court. He was a hustler. He was a, and he may have come off the bench as like sixth man or seventh man, but great player. But I'll never forget this. I believe it was in the 90s, and he'd gotten traded to somebody. I don't remember if it was the Phoenix Suns. Somebody, was it the Suns? Okay, all right. Well, somebody, I believe it was J.R. Reed, elbowed him in the face and knocked a tooth out during a game. That's frustrating. You know, it's tough when you play basketball and have to wear a mouth guard, like it's boxing or the UFC. But anyway, I think the guy elbowed him, knocked his tooth out. A.C. Green didn't say anything. He bent over and picked up his tooth, and I think he subbed out. And I don't remember who it was that said it. It may have been Charles Barkley. I don't remember who. Somebody well-known. I don't remember who. They looked at A.C. Green and said, oh, now I know that you're a true Christian. And it, can, I'm like, it took that? All those years of A.C. Green being a light and honoring God and being an example and being a team player and having a good attitude and just all that. But look, look how he defended and confirmed the truth of the good news by his response to someone being hateful and overly aggressive with him in basketball. I, I remember in the 80s how people would joke and go, yeah, you know, basketball is a non-contact sport. And Larry Bird and all these legends would lift their shirt and go, it's non-contact, huh? And they'd have all these bruises. It's a contact sport. Some fouls get called, some don't. But good old A.C. Green, man, what an example and a light. People are watching you. I know people are watching because here I am walking my dog the other morning. Our dog is Jen's dog. Did I say my dog? Lord, in Jesus' name. Mom, I take that back. Strike that from the, can we edit that off the recording? Take me off of Facebook Live and YouTube Live right now. I was walking our dog, Jen's dog, and I was over by Broadmoor School, and I didn't see the lady. I, was, I had just sat him down to have a chat with him, and I was holding him by his beard, looking him in his eyes, going, stop doing that. And I was telling him to stop pulling on the, you know, the story of him tugging that stupid leash. And I said, stop, stop, no more. And we kept going, and I hear a lady, and she's walking, and I didn't see all of her. She's walking. There's, there's landscaping there at Broadmoor, and she said, didn't let you sleep in this morning, huh? I said, oh, he doesn't ever let me sleep in. And then she goes on to say, this is, this is fascinating to me. I remember her because I worked with her at the bank almost 30 years ago. But I don't know if she, I don't think she remembers me from the bank. It was United New Mexico Bank. You know where City Hall is? Long story, and it gets longer. To make a long story even longer, here we go. So that she looks at me and goes, don't you have two dogs? I thought, how on earth? Would she know that? We didn't, we didn't walk them much. Our last two dogs were terrible on the leash, especially Gentry, the big blonde one. They were awful on the leash, just awful. You didn't want to take them anywhere on the leash. This one, even as a puppy, is actually better on the leash. She goes, don't you have two dogs? And I said, oh, we lost them both in 2022. They passed away. She was like, oh, man. And she goes, I go, how did you know that? She goes, I saw you and your wife during COVID go on so many walks. Almost every day y'all would walk. 
And I go, where do you live? She goes, oh, right here on Yano, second house over. And I guess she was sitting out in her front yard. But here's what came to mind. It's like I was almost convicted without being convicted going, I'm glad we're nice to each other. Because this lady's sitting out in her front yard going, oh, here they are again. They're going for a walk. And usually in 2020, you know, Jen was really going for a, through a battle. You guys have heard some of her story on that. But we'd be holding hands or she'd be holding on to my arm. And I thought, wow, I never knew that this lady was watching us. She said, I'd see y'all, I saw y'all for months walking almost every day past my, right near my house. I'm still wondering how she knew about the dogs because we didn't walk them very often. But people are watching you. <laughs> Not to make you paranoid, but really defend and confirm the truth of the good news by your actions. Scripture says in the book of James, faith without works is dead. Can you imagine I'm pushing my wife around and yelling at her and people, they can tell when you're upset with each other. Can you imagine if I was treating my wife like that, which I don't, and they saw that on a walk and they go, oh, wow, he's a pastor or wow, they're Christians. No, mm -mm. gives them a very bad example. So remember, people are watching you. So keep Defending and confirming the truth of the good news, not just by sharing your faith, but by living it. Someone say living it. That's right. Praise God. Let's keep going. I love this right here. He says, God knows how much I love you and long for you. He wants to spend time with these people with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. You know how it is. Sometimes you got family. You go, I love you, man, but we'll see you again next year, and that's fine. Everybody in here probably has family like that. So I love you, but God bless you. Like mom says, go with God. Go with God, vaya con Dios, and we'll see you in a year. Maybe five years, that's okay, but I love you. And some folks, there are those you just get along better with them if you don't see them often. But he says, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. He actually wants to see these folks. Powerful. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Let me take a side journey real quick. Does anyone or everyone or someone remember when Jesus was talking to Peter? Remember after Peter betrayed Jesus and Jesus said, do you love me? And he kept asking him. Here's what's powerful is Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me with agape love, with God's love? And Peter's response, he was using a different word in Greek. He was using phileo, which means I care for you like a friend. Like Peter wasn't committing to, I love you with God's love yet. That throws me off because Jesus was challenging him to go to the next level. He kept saying, do you agape me? Do you love me with God's love? Do you love me with the love of God? And Peter's response was, well, I love you. You know I love you, Lord. But I just, and he hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet, but Peter bless his heart, at least he was being honest, he said, I care for you deeply, but the word he was using in Greek, see, there's different types, I believe there's, I don't know if it's four or five Greek words for love. There's sexual love and friendship love, I believe family love, and then God's love. And Jesus was saying, do you love me with the love of God, with divine love? And Peter just kept saying, I, I love you, Lord, but I love you. <laughs> I love you this way. I'm not there yet. And I pray 
that God will give you agape love and you will learn to walk in God's perfect love. I love this. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. How many of you know your love, just like anything else in your life, can get better and better and better as you practice it? Just like forgiving, just like talking sweetly to each other, being kind. Things, things require, they, they require practice. I didn't, I didn't mean to do this, but I didn't realize I did it. But mom was over at the house with me and Jen the other day, and I, they, claimed that I, they claimed that I burped twice and didn't say excuse me. How gross is that? And I'm not like that, I promise. I say they claim, I, I think they're right. And I thought, what a weirdo. Was I raised in a barn or under the barn or on top or behind the barn or just out in the woods? I don't do that. Golly. But even saying excuse me requires it requires practice. I, I go by people in the store, and it's always amazing to me when someone bumps into me and doesn't say anything. I'm like, what is this, football? I just brush past you. It takes practice, though. Some people, this always throws me off. They say, when they bump, you know, when, when they, they walk by you, they say sorry, and that's sweet. But I always like to say, excuse me, it's how I was taught. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Well, in the same way, you practice that, you got to practice your love. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Someone say more and more. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. What a prayer. Your love is growing. And at the same time, you're growing in knowledge and understanding. Let me challenge you today before I begin to close. If you want to grow in knowledge and understanding, you've got to stay in God's word. I've had people talk to me and say, Pastor, man, what? They're looking for some other secret. And I say, man, you've got to get in the word to see true transformation. You do. You don't renew your mind without the word and spending time in prayer and spending time with God. You cannot renew your mind without habitually being in the word. You've got to be in it every day. I would not tell you that if I was not in the word. Okay. I happen to love to read. Not everybody does. I, my kin, I like to show Mom Brown sometimes. But my Kindle says, and that doesn't include hard copy books when I didn't read the Kindle. My Kindle says, the Kindle app, the Kindle program, says that I've read out of the Kindle for 252 consecutive weeks, weeks and 520-something days straight. Not everybody does that. That sounds like a nerd to you, right? Like, what on earth? It's what I do. It's something I do. But still... All that reading doesn't matter if it's not the word. I, scripture says knowledge, you know, regular knowledge, it just puffs up. Makes you think you're bad. Say, well, yeah, you know, here, here's how that, what that means. And, you know, we all have that tendency somewhere, a little bit of pride. Right here he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And I want you to infuse this as I close this part out. Infuse your love into the growth of of knowledge and understanding. If you add love to everything, it works out beautifully and you're Christ-like. You can have knowledge and understanding, but only while you're walking in love. Okay? I, I'm telling you, I naturally, naturally tend to just have an attitude about knowledge, I think. And God has had to deal with me on that. And situations are humbling. How many, how many of you know life can be humbling? You can use the word humiliating, but God will grind on you and grind you down and polish you if you let him. He says, let me close with this. I pray that your love will overflow more and more 
and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I pray that God continues to work in our hearts, work in your hearts as you allow him to through his word and through time in his presence and being around other believers. Let's pray tonight.